Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America, all the chips in the PC. It is Saturday, the second day of March, Anno Domini 2024, and you, <laughs> you lucky people, you're listening to Sound Bites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at six minutes after the hour, we are going to be bringing you news, views, things to choose, nothing to lose, kick off your shoes, don't get the blues. Here comes the news. You think this was the first time I did this? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Starts the show and then he realizes, I don't have my headphones, I don't have this, I don't have that. I just didn't have my headphones. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I need those, don't I? Yeah. I'm, this is timely for me because my printer just died. Uh, but I had a brother and I just, it was nine years old. I bought a new one. Uh, it owed me nothing. On Thursday, HP launched a subscription service that rents people a printer, allots them a specific <laughs> amount of printed pages per month, and sends them ink all for a monthly fee. HP is framing its service as a way to simplify printing for families and small businesses because apparently we're too stupid to own a printer. But the deal also comes with monitoring and a years-long commitment. Prices range from six ninety nine per month for a plan that includes an HP Envy printer. That's really $7 a month, let's be honest. And 20 printed pages a month. The priciest plan includes an HP OfficeJet Pro rental and 700 printed pages for $36 per month. Per month. HP says it will provide subscribers with ink deliveries when they run low. And 24-7 support via phone or chat. Although, let's be honest... It's a bit dubious how much you want to rely on HP support. Support doesn't include on- or off-site repairs or parts replacement. The subscription uh, terms of service note that the service doesn't cover damage or failure caused by, surprisingly, and I quote, use of non-HP media supplies or other products, end quote, or if you use your printer more than what your plan calls for. So if you use your printer for more than 20 pages a month, you're no longer any, there's no warranty. You're still paying, mm-hmm. but there's no warranty. HP calls this an all-in plan. If you subscribe, the tech company will be all-in on your printing activities. One of the most perturbing acti- uh, aspects of the subscription plan is that it requires subscribers to keep their printers connected to the Internet. In general, some users avoid connecting their printer to the Internet because it's a type of device that functions fine without web access and network connectivity of printers is often a security concern. A web connection can also concern users about HP-issued firmware updates that makes printers stop functioning with non-HP ink. But HP enforces an Internet connection by having its terms of service also state that HP may disrupt the service and continue to charge you for it if your printer is not online. The all-in plan privacy policy also says that HP may, and I quote, transfer information about you to advertising partners, end quote, so that they can, quote, recognize your devices, end quote, perform targeted advertising and potentially, quote, combine information about you with information from other companies and data sharing cooperatives, end quote, 
that HP participates in. They're going to make money off you. The policy says that users can opt out of sharing personal data. And if you believe that, I have land in Florida I would love (laughs) to sell you. HP is hoping to convince people that the answer to torturous printing experiences is to never own a printer again. Well, that part's true. But considering the above frustrations, some might just never own an HP printer again. And our poll of the week at soundbites.org, that is bites with a Y, Francis Lelikas, to remind you, is HP wants you to rent your printer and ink. And your choices are excellent. Sure would make life easier. Not sure I'll do that. And one long sensor bleep sound. Uh, so, so far we have 28 votes and not shockingly 23 of them are one long sensor bleep sound. Um, and of course, uh, we know you'll have more to say about that, so you can give us a call, but keep it clean. 585-966-JAZZ, that's 966-5299. Toll free 800-7900-415. And of course, vote in the poll at soundbites.org. That's Bites with a Y. Francis would like us to remind you. I think they're afraid of the Epson printers because the Epson printers, uh, you can now buy those bottles of ink and fill it up so massively that, you know, you can go forever. It brings down the cost per print because that's always been one of the limitations of, of inkjet printers. Right. It, it, if you do the math, <laughs> yeah. So the typical cost per print um, uh, with inkjet is 2 to $3. Right. For a heavy color um, uh, picture. And the ink generally costs three or four thousand dollars a gallon. Six, I think. Up, to, up to yeah, yeah. Because those little tiny ink tanks you put in that are half a milliliter, yeah, <laughs> tiny. So that so a lot of companies, um, Epson has one called Eco Tank, are coming out with larger tanks so that um, uh, the cost per print is lower. But then that means it's more chance of losing even more money when the ink dries out because you don't print very often, right? So you wouldn't get this model. But what what I find interesting is. Large businesses and even some small businesses are used to like renting their giant copier. So instead of paying fifty thousand dollars for their giant, you know, business copier and a monthly service plan that includes toner and ink, um, we're seeing that filter down now into home users. Right. So it's interesting that Xerox isn't doing it because they're the big company that does it. Well, you, or, to, you or Toshiba Business Zer- Systems, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They do it for businesses, but yeah. they don't do it for homes. They don't do it. So HP is going to uh, uh, pick up that vast market. What what confuses me and always has is people who only own a black and white inkjet printer. Those you, are impossible to find anymore. Well, but if you own one of those, why don't you buy a laser? I mean, they're a little more expensive to buy, but in the long run... There's the question, or the answer, yeah. It, it costs so much less mm-hmm. to run it. Yeah. And if you don't run it for a couple of weeks, it doesn't dry out. We just had a customer brought in a printer that where the black ink uh, nozzles had all clogged and dried out. And so we take the head out and we're trying to clean it. You could fix the printer for a couple hundred dollars or you buy a new one for a hundred dollars. Right. We, we tried to talk her into a laser printer for $200. Uh, no, I like the inkjet. Well, you know, get what you okay. The other thing, of yeah. course, is that. You just buy a new one every year. An inkjet. Well, right. But an inkjet printer, the ink runs. Yeah. You know, what, when we print stuff for market, in particular, you know, it's the coffee stand. Mm-hmm. You're going to get water on something. Yep. So we d- we do not want something that runs. One of the interesting things, um, there was a few HP models that had a little 
um, uh, IR heating element in it. So every after every line printed, it paused and heated that line to dry the so so you so when the paper came out, it was dry. Right. Nowadays, ink dries a lot faster than that. But that, that was always neat to me that you can yeah. see the, the the blue light come on. Probably UV then, not not the IR um, to uh, to dry out the ink as it printed. Because yep. it used to be, you get the paper out of the printer and you could feel the heaviness of the fluid. And if if you tried to stack paper on top of each other, they would all run through and. That was one of the original problems with inkjet printers because yeah. you print out two pages and the first page would smear. Yep. Yep. Um, so, and that's what that's what that was supposed to solve. Well, talking about lasers, so I still have my HP LaserJet four thousand TN. Yep. When I first started the business back in uh, ninety, well, eighty nine was when I started, but I picked it up in ninety two, nineteen ninety two, and that sucker. Knock on wood is still in go- still going good. They made they made printers to last back then. Yep. They don't yeah. anymore. Yeah, my brother printer just died. This is very timely for me. I, I just mentioned this earlier. Um, yesterday I went to print the news and it printed gibberish. So I pulled up my laptop to see if the problem was my driver on my desktop, and there was no printer. So I pulled up my Chromebook, no printer. Looked at my router, no printer. I look over the printer. It says, "Oh yeah, Wi-Fi is up. No problem." Okay. Yeah. It's done. It's it's done. I can't. I re. I did everything I could. I spent about two hours on it. No Wi-Fi. No printing. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't print a self-test. Wouldn't like it, you say, it doesn't owe you anything for the age of it. Nine years. Nine yeah. years old, and we we printed hard on that thing. Um, so I ordered a new one, but I ordered a new a new laser printer, a new brother laser. If I can get a printer for a couple hundred bucks that lasts me nine years. That's still a lot cheaper than buying a new inkjet every year. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the ink. And the ink itself, of course, I'm only paying for toner, which is much yeah. cheaper. Oh, hell yeah. All right, to the phones. Our first caller is Karen from Brockport, New York. Hi, Karen. What's up? Hi. Well, first I have to say I'm a member. Yay. And <laughs> thank you to Steve for sharing the Yahoo mail settings last week's show. I've been trying this week to try to collect and understand the information about this Frontier Yahoo email switchover, and I would like to keep using Thunderbird for my email, and I'm sticking with Frontier for my ISP because I'm eligible for the fiber upgrade that they want me to do before the end of March. And I'm confused about where and how to start, and I hope you gentlemen can uh, point me out. Uh, first question I have is the email that came from Frontier says reconfigure your third-party email app with Yahoo on or after March 15th. So I could, no. can I even do anything about it yet? You can do it now. I can do it now. Yeah, you okay. could. You could have done it any time in the last couple of years oh. when they when they started using Yahoo as their backend server. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you can do that. You can do that any day you want. Okay, and then I think I might need some help doing it. Do I get help from Frontier or Yahoo? The email from Frontier implied that you should get the help from Yahoo. That's why they're moving you to Yahoo. They don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> that's 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 what I figured. <laughs> the actual help would come from Mozilla because it's right. the Thunderbird. Now, I, let me look look in my link list. Um, okay. Well, then of, my, my w- question y- about Yahoo support says it looks like they have for, phone support, which you have to pay for which I'm okay with doing that because I have to do it correctly on two computers, desktop and laptop. But there's two different Yahoo phone support numbers I found. The link that Steve shared last week had one number, and the link that came through from what was connected to that Frontier email was a different number. 
Well, as long as you're sure it's a real uh, frontier person. Or Yahoo itself, yeah. yeah. So the link I sent came directly from Yahoo. Yeah. So, so that's the generic information for the server addresses you need to use. Yes. And today I will post the Yahoo page for configuring each different mail account. Okay. Um, uh, mail, mail program. So it'll have instructions for Thunderbird. Okay. So there'll, well, be, there'll be Outlook and Apple Mail, and one of them will be, will be Thunderbird. Okay. Well, the directions I found for that weren't very helpful either, and it had kind of a scary step because it said one step is remove accounts. No, don't do that. You just need to change the server address. Okay. In your Thunderbird settings. Okay. Well, that's, and that, that's not the directions that uh, came from the thing that linked from Frontier. So. Well, it could mean it, if you are currently using a POP account, you would have to delete the POP account and add it back as an IMAP account. Okay. Um, yes, 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 I am. I'm using it. I'm using POP3.FrontierNet.net. All right. Yeah. So I don't know if Yahoo uses POP anymore. Let me look at their I don't know that. list. No, yes, they do. POP.mail.yahoo.com. The difference is with POP mail, the mail is downloaded to your machine and erased from the server. Yeah. With IMAP, it stays on the server so oh, okay. you can get it from multiple machines at once, and if your machine dies, your mail is still there. Oh, okay. So you can get to get the mail on your desktop and your laptop and your phone and your tablet. And if you delete the message from one device, it deletes it from all the devices. Okay. Pop was designed what, 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> when you dialed into the, the, to the computer, downloaded your mail, and hung up as soon as you could because you were paying by the minute. Yeah. And then you did everything offline, and having more than one computer was uh, very, very rare. Yeah. Well, I, I read email sometimes on tablet and phone using the Yahoo tablet or phone app, too. Yeah. So it would be in your best interest to um, switch to IMAP. Yeah. But that does mean you have to delete the POP version. Well, you don't have to delete the POP version. You can add an IMAP version and then slowly wean yourself off the, the POP. You'll see a double mail for a while. So right. that Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just... it's been confusing trying to read all this and it said it was different depending on which link you followed from frontier or yahoo so. yeah right 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 so yeah i'll post a link from uh, mozilla on how to set up thunderbird for yahoo mail okay and um yeah that goes through all the different settings and you go into the server settings and then you 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 change the server address now pop3.frontier.com yeah. uh to the uh, yahoo one okay which I closed that window already. <laughs> so that's basically what I have to do is change. Now you gotta, you need to change the incoming server and the outgoing server. Yep. The way mail works, uh, sending and receiving are two different servers. Yep. Yeah, I've got the uh, old information and the old passwords, and oh, but I still use the application-specific password. I know that was a problem several years ago. When yeah, uh, Frontier is, said you needed to have that. Yeah, because the most of the newer software is using a newer authentication protocol. Um, that I, I don't know if Thunderbird supports OAuth. Yes, it probably do, does now. So uh, um, you would you would use that same application support uh, spe- application specific password. Okay. If you set up a new account. Then it would go through the newer security method, and uh, and um, you would use your regular Frontier password. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've got the webmail password and the application-specific password. Perfect. Yep. All right, good okay. job, Karen. Well, good, thank you. That'll give me some place to get started to try to find some more directions. See, I'm an old person. I like to read directions before I do it. Yeah, yep. welcome to that club. <laughs> good luck. All right, thank you very much. You sound like you're well on your way. All right, thank you. Yep, bye-bye. Yeah, um, most places prefer that you use um, pop mail because they have less on their server. Mm-hmm. But most people nowadays, and, and Steve is right, back in you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, that was fine. But now, when you've got multiple devices and you want to sync them together, the way you do this through IMAP, and that way you always have the same um, uh, list of mail in the same place, and if you delete it from one device, deletes it from another. If you read it on one device, it gets marked as read on another, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you move it to a folder in one, it's get moved. So you, you, it's it's much better to be using IMAP these days. But what that means is that you also have um, um, more mail sitting on somebody else's server, which you know nowadays server space is cheap. But they still don't like to use it. Yeah. I just had this this discussion with a woman at the office this morning. Um, and uh, and so she said, well, I don't like reading mail on my phone. I want to read it on my computer. So that's why she uses pop. So she can delete it from the phone and still read it from the computer. Well, just don't read it on the phone, period. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Larry from Rochester, New York. What's up, Larry? Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Um, I can finally get um, green light in my neighborhood, so I can't give them my money fast enough right now. <laughs> right. Um, my question is, um, I guess I can use my provider, present provider's name without getting sued, uh, but they're the big guns in town. I'll just put it like that. Yep. Um, will I lose anything? I, I have a subscription to Sling, and all I do now is pay for basic internet service mm-hmm. um i have a busy old uh big screen tv not huge but decent and uh of course there's busy old service and there's more stuff on it that i even watch mm-hmm. but if i switch to green light will i lose nope that nope that's what i've got i've got uh green light and i use the sling service now you may want to well is your email address changing? Have you been using a, a email address from the current provider? I use an email address, uh, the old rochester.rr.com. Most of my mail now, though, comes Gmail. Right. So you're, you will likely lose that Rochester email address. Uh-huh. So if you have created any accounts at like Sling or, or Netflix or wherever with yep. that Rochester address, you may want to change that address. Or at least update the the e- email address e- email in your account. Address, yeah. What I found is uh, uh, RGNE. I cannot change my login ID, which is my old address. Right. But inside my account, I've got my new address, so I, I get the the uh, uh, bills paid properly. Right. And the other thing is, if any one of the services that you're paying for is a bundle with your current provider, that will probably go away. Right. And the other thing is. Well, and and so with with 
Spectrum, they have Internet, TV, and phone as separate services. So you can cancel just one of them. So you could cancel Internet for Greenlight. And, and uh, if you're using Sling, you're probably not using um, Spectrum Television either. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, no, I don't have Spectrum, I don't have spectrum te- uh, Television. Yeah. All I have is, uh, I've got an antenna for the things that I can pick up locally. Right. Um, and everything else is now sling. And like I said, it's got way more channels than yeah. yep. you know, we actually look at. Yeah, because now if you've gotten, uh, with uh, Amazon, and I mean, if you've got an Amazon account. Yes, I do. You'll get uh, Amazon, um, uh, pri- you know, Prime your Prime member. Yes. That comes in. You'll be able to pick that up on your TV also. Yeah, Amazon Prime Video has a lot of other shows. Um, yeah, I have uh, Amazon Prime, and I do like I like the old British stuff and anything yep. else. So, yep. but yeah. that will remain. Oh yeah, yes. Anything, yeah. anything that you did not get through a bundle with Spectrum will remain, which is precious little. I mean, I just other than the internet service now, I just I was up to two hundred dollars a month, and yeah, uh, yep. for what I was paying for that. I said, just no way. So when you guys suggested looking at Sling about a year or two ago, I investigated and I went over and for 50 some dollars a month, I got more stuff than I can look at. Yeah. I I mean, I get both Sling TV and, you know, I also have um, uh, Paramount Plus, which I wound up getting a deal on that and got half price because I was threatening to walk away. And they said, well, what if we give it to you for 30 bucks? And I said, okay. So, yeah, we got to watch that. New Discovery coming April 4th. 50 bucks for, you know, uh, Sling and, you know, 50 bucks for the uh, Internet. You know, I'm only at $100. And And that's the thing that the cable companies are... Uh, conflating in their ads, they, you know, don't give up cable. You'll you'll you uh, end up paying more because they include Netflix and Hulu and Paramount on top of your cable bill. So you're what if can't, you're already paying for those, right? And you're going to keep paying for them on your new service. So it right. doesn't you you want to look at only what the cable internet cost is, not right. what you pay for everything. Right. Okay. Okay. So um, I'm about to drop my money. And uh, I'm going to do what I presently do with Spectrum, though, which is allow them to put the modem and the router and everything in, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, let them um, run the wire. Yeah, and they'll run the wire. So I guess they'll strip out all of the Spectrum stuff and just put in uh, fiber optics or whatever it is. When they did my house, they didn't touch anything from Spectrum. They just yeah. ran a new wire. Just a new wire, new thin wire and put their yep. own little box in downstairs. Fact, at, my, at my house, they ran it. Through the same hole that Spectrum had used. Right. So you'll have to you'll have to turn in your Spectrum router manual. Right. Okay. Yeah. I can do yeah, I can do that. Yep. <laughs> okay, well that answers my question. That was the only thing. I went to their site now since they're in our neighborhood, they've got all this extra information that they didn't have before. Some of it was just enough for me to say, Let me call the guys and kind of clear the you know, clear the cloud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you guys. I'm I'm happy as my father used to say, a pig and slop now. So there you, there go. you go. I'm good to go. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. Good for you, Larry. Have fun. Yeah, that's, that's one thing. That's the radio version of that saying. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You have... Oh, we're going to take a break. Excellent. Good for us. We need a break, I think. Wake me in a little while. In the meantime, 
We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, with Steve Ray, with me, Nick Francesco, and with you. It's 29 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. Give us a call, 585-966-5299, toll-free 800-790-0415, and we'll see you in just a couple of minutes on Jazz 90.1. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 36 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbites. And we have... I have no idea. Here it is, Bill from Greece, New York on the line. I lost my tab. Hi, Bill. What's up? Hi, guys. Love watching you Thanks. on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been playing with the mini PC, and they have a bracket so I can attach it to the back of my TV. Yep. But how the heck do you reach around and turn it on? I saw something about wake up on land, but I'm not sure what that is. Okay, there are a couple of things you can do. Never turn it off. One is never turn it off. <laughs> um Two is get one of those, um, they make a, a, an extender cord for most um, systems that have a, a switch on the extender cord. So you plug the power supply into this extender cord, the extender cord into the wall, and that has a switch on it. The third thing you can do is wake on LAN. And the idea behind wake on LAN is that one of your computers, well, the idea behind Wake on LAN is that the asleep system or the turned off system gets a signal over the Internet that says time to turn on now. And that signal, of course, is going to come from some other computer. Or your phone. Or your phone or whatever's connected into, into that same network. So you can, you can do it that way. And most machines have a Wake on LAN uh, capability. <clears throat> And then you just you turn it on, and uh, and then you set it up, um, and it will it will work. It's 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 not terribly difficult to do. Um, it was originally designed for um, um, remote for IT administrators uh, who work remotely. So it, it, although it says wake on LAN, was more often used to. Psych power cycle a, a computer when it was not in use or wake up one that had. Uh, but then the mini PC would be on all the time, which was Steve's suggestion. Just leave it on, right? Yeah. There's, okay. there's no, there's for most of them, they take very little power when they're idle. And um, depending on what it's, what is it, what is it running? Oh, I've got. Uh, MX Linux and Windows 11 Pro. Okay, if it's if it's uh, MX Linux, you can probably go months without rebooting it. Uh, if it's Windows, you should probably reboot it once or twice a month. But that's a reboot, not a, uh, you know, you can just do that by remote into it and say reboot at 2 in the morning. Okay, well, it turned, it, Linux is primary, and then I have to push F7 and restart it to go to Windows. Right, right, right. So, so that's a re- reboot anyway. Right, exactly. And that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, what basically happens is 
Um, uh, that's the easiest thing to do. But if you want to do wake on LAN or power on LAN or whatever they call it in your particular machine, you turn it on in the BIOS, uh, you set it up, and then and then you send the signal from some other device. But um, the easiest thing to do is just leave it on. It's not going to hurt anything to be on, particularly if it's Linux. Okay. I want to thank you, and I am a member, and I encourage anybody else that is not a member to, to get on the Internet and become a member and support you guys. Thank you, thank you very much. That's what we like to hear. Another unsolicited testimonial, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, I have uh, um, I have a, a mini PC, an Intel NUC, the next unit of computing, running uh, Plex, and it's on twenty four seven. So every once in a while, I go in and run an update, and about well, once a month, it needs to be rebooted when an update mm-hmm. actually updates the operating system. But mostly, it doesn't, and it, it runs just fine, sitting all by itself, humming yep. away. What's what's the next next unit of computing going to be? Is, that, is it going to be like Windows new technology? Right, exactly. <laughs> You'd have to ask Intel. I'm sure they know. I'm sure they know. Um, but yeah, there's a whole uh, uh, there's a whole system nowadays being built around micro mini PCs. They're essentially they're kind of like uh, uh, laptops uh, in that they're small compact you can add uh, they're not quite laptops because you can generally add a hard drive to most of them in one or two ways uh, and maybe even increase the ram but beyond that uh, you know you don't you get the ports you get you get the uh, connections that you already have and you're done uh, but for most people they run great uh, without a problem uh, all right back to the phones this is uh it's Joe from, I'm assuming, Altoona, PA? Jenkintown, Pennsylvania, is north of, just north of Philadelphia, oh, formerly uh, of Pittsburgh. Formerly of Pittsburgh. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, thanks for all you do, guys. Thanks. I had a call this morning from a neighbor uh, who was a victim of a PayPal refund scam, and he told me what he's, he told me what he's done. He's lost $25,000. Scheme yeah. from his bank account, not a credit card, bank account. Uh, he's changed his passwords. He's, of course, notified the bank, uh, put two-factor authentication on all of his accounts. Uh, on his computer, the uh, bad guys had him install two programs, which he uninstalled using AdRemove. He's run his antivirus software. He has run malware bytes. He has cleared the cache on his browser. I suggest my first instinct was to say, wipe out your computer and start over again. Not a bad uh, instinct. He has, yeah. He has uh, run malware bytes and his antivirus. The only thing I suggested in addition to that was to do super anti-spyware. But my question for you all is, if he's not willing to really wipe out his computer, is there anything more you would suggest that he does? I don't have all the details. The on one thing, but... key, and I would have him run Revo Uninstaller. I don't know Dave would say that. <laughs> well, and make sure that, that, all right, the two programs that they had him in, I've been watching a lot of these, uh, 
what is it? It's called Scam Busters. Mm-hmm. And this guy uh, literally tries to uh, tries to bust people that are doing just this thing. And and the bad guys are using legitimate remote software that yep. technicians use so all the time. So as long as he gets rid of that software, they have no further way of gaining access to his computer. And, and that- that, to clean it all up, I would have Revo Uninstaller double check. Right. The ad remove program is... Well, does an okay job, but not always a good job. Right. Well, I understand that, and I was going to recommend Revo, although he has already uninstalled the program. That's okay. If there's any remnants of programs that are no longer in use, you could have Revo uninstall them. Well, how, how would he identify... Revo will do that automatically. Revo will search for uh, programs that are no longer installed and have remnants left on the hard drive. And he might remember the name of the programs when he uninstalled them. But, you know, okay, and I will, I will suggest that in addition. I didn't think that it was a possibility, but that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of common remote access programs that the bad guys use. The, yeah. Usually the ones that have a free client because they don't want to they don't want to have to pay any money to steal your money. Well, the big scam out there right now is what they're doing and like I say I watch a number of these guys and what the scammers try to do is they'll you know get in there and say okay, and uh, say oh wait a minute we just transferred say a hundred thousand dollars into your bank account and you look at it and all of a sudden you're seeing this fictitious number because they've changed it that says oh yeah a hundred thousand so well what we need to do is have you take that money and draw it out and put it into this account and you know they're just. Yeah, faking so you many, out. So many new ways to scam people. Yeah. And, and they have that level of anonymity through the internet that makes it harder to know who's good and who's bad. They're all and easier overseas. For the bad guy. They're yeah. all overseas and trying to catch them is darn hard. Yeah, there's been mail order fraud for a long time, but it was it, it was a little easier to, to find because there was a, a mailbox at the other end. But now with internet scams and, and PayPal being so ubiquitous that everyone's using it, it's easy for the bad guys to do, do um, you know, malicious PayPal stuff, too. There's another program yeah. you might want to tell them to run, which is called R-Kill. R-K-I-L-L. Uh, it's an older program. It's a 32-bit program, but it does work on Windows. I know it works at least on 10. I, I honestly haven't tried it on 11. But it is also designed to root out malware. Um, so it might not be, it's a small program. You just run it and it'll tell you what's going on. Um, and just have it check your machine. Is that the root, root kit killer? Yeah, it's basically a root kit killer. Okay. The reason the guy contacted me was because I work with ARP's, uh, program, uh, that tries to educate people about fraud. Yep. And I'll give you a link for people who really want to find out about the different kinds of scams that are out there. And it's a very simple link. It's aarp.org forward slash fraud. Excellent. Perfect. Okay. And yep. again, thank you for the suggestions, guys. So have a great day. You Take too. Care. Thanks. Yep. Tell your friend, you know, good luck and uh, tune in. You know, have him okay. listen to us and call in. Let us know how he made out. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, people, are, people get scammed. Is yeah. Unfortunately... Um, you know, elderly people are a common target because they're not mm-hmm. technically savvy in, in many cases. No. Yep. And, you know, they hear that, oh, well, you know, 
yeah, you just uh, wound up uh, losing all this money and this other stuff, and it just is scare tactics. We it's had, basically what they're doing is scare tactics. Yeah, we had one where the customer came in with a giant wad of cash. <laughs> so there's our first, you know, red flag, and uh, uh, said Apple accidentally. Um, deposited $6,000 into my account, and they need me to buy gift cards to send it back to them. What? Yeah. No. It's the first thing you need to know. There is no legitimate company on the planet that will ask you for gift cards. Absolutely none. And now we're seeing kiosks saying gift cards are for gifts. If right. someone's asking you to, to pay a bill with a gift card, they're probably scamming it's a you. scam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be, be, very, be very careful. All right, uh, this news item interests me. Uh, Microsoft is working to allow you to use your Android phone or a spare uh, in place of a webcam, presumably allowing consumers access to high-quality webcams for free. That capability isn't quite here yet for Microsoft, although it is here for Linux, and I can talk about that later. Um, Microsoft disclosed the upcoming feature in the context of its March 2024 Moment Update for Windows 11. But the company then put out a blog post noting that the capability was being tested in all Windows Insider channels. That's unusual, as it implies that it's being tested in the release preview channel as well, which means we may see it soon. Now, normally I don't um, uh, talk about rumors because there's a million of them. They're like belly buttons. Everybody's got one and they all have full lint. Um, but this is actually in the release preview channel, so the likelihood that it's going to be a real thing is high. It is a rather big deal. Webcams were largely ignored until 2020 when the work-from-home movement during the pandemic made video chats a priority. That meant that laptop makers began improving the quality of their webcams and quality 1080p and 4K webcams began hitting the market. Windows assumes that you own more than one smartphone, and this may be true if you haven't discarded an older model as you're sitting around in a drawer somewhere. Uh, most smartphones dramatically outclass the cameras found on laptops or even standalone webcams, whether they be front or rear facing. We are gradually rolling out the ability to use your Android phone or tablet a camera to in any video application on your Windows 11 PC to Windows. And I notice this is Windows 11. Don't call me and ask how you get it on Windows 10 because you don't. Um, Microsoft said with this feature, you'll be able to wirelessly enjoy the high quality of your mobile devices camera on your PC with flexibility and ease. Some of the abilities include being able to switch between front and back cameras uh, pausing the stream during interruptions and enjoying benefits provided by your mobile model. That means you'll be able to use your phone's webcam on virtually any video chat with any filters or other modes available to your phone's camera, uh, presumably available on Windows too, just the way Steve does yep. uh, with our with our thing. Apple calls it continuity camera. Um, that could have been that could have an enormous impact on webcam sales and a market for laptop mounts for smartphones. Is there a catch to all this? Just the usual. You'll need, obviously, an Android phone running Android 9 or higher with the Link to Windows app instead. Uh, the latter is the app that connects Android to Windows. Granted, the ability to use a phone as a webcam in Windows isn't new. Uh, there are other ways to convert a smartphone to a webcam, and Linux has been doing it for a while now. With a Windows setting in place, however, it looks like Microsoft just made it easier for Windows users. So will you use a smartphone as a webcam? Give us a call, but not a video call. 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free 800 
1-5. And before we go on, I'll tell you how to do that on a, a Linux machine. You use, uh, you, there's a, a program in the Google Play Store called Droid Cam. And you install that on your Android device. And then on, on your Ubuntu PC, you install ADB. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and follow those instructions there to install the Droid Cam Linux client. And then, you have to enable USB debugging and find the drivers for your device, and it's just the same way you'd, you're going to do things on your Android phone for Windows. But um, you can you can set either one up to do that. Most people don't really need the uh, high quality, and in fact, for many people, uh, it's is a detriment because you're pushing way more pixels through your network connection. Uh, and depending on what your network connection is, you know, if you've got a slower network connection, that's a problem. But if you're running fiber, uh, trust me, you don't you don't have an issue. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm um, grateful for the high connection we have here with um, all the video streams I'm sending out. You know, exactly. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff with Mastermind Lounge, and every once in a while, somebody say, "Oh, there's a problem on the server because I'm frozen." No, you're frozen. Everybody else is fine. You know, we've got 35 people on a, on a call. Mm-hmm. You're the only one who's frozen. It's probably not the server. I'm most likely. Yeah. Just guessing. Yeah. And how are you connected? Oh, I'm using, you know, my local telephone provider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You just don't have enough bandwidth. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's that simple. And one of the ways you fix that is if people all use, say, the medium setting on their on their. Uh, um, webcams, um, and in general, that's fine. You know, it's it's very rare that you need the high quality on a video chat. So um, uh, that that median uh, that median thing is it should be just fine. I've, I've learned so much, so much about video conferencing over the last couple of years, um, and and you can you can you know much more important. Is a good lighting source, uh, uh, a good microphone, and headphones mm-hmm. of some sort, as opposed to using the laptop speakers. Uh, and then pay attention to what's behind you. You can find um, pictures on the internet of so many people with really not things behind them, things behind them that you really don't want other people to know you have. Yeah. Uh, and and so you know. When my when my daughter moved out of a large apartment to a smaller apartment, everything came into my computer room, and it was just a tragic mess behind me. I have a thing called a web around, which is a giant round screen that sits that attaches to the back of my chair, which gives me a green screen, mm-hmm. which is great. But what I mostly use it for was to hide the mess behind me until it got cleaned up. Picture in that. <laughs> There's a. Um, Pretty seriously deep twenty four hour YouTube broadcast called Office Hours, um, and it's media insiders uh, and cameraman and grips and and uh, uh, editors and whatnot, um, and it's uh, Alex Lindsay from um, MacBreak uh, who worked on Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> He's he, he said he's he's in episode one four or five times in a lot of crowds because whenever they needed a crowd, you know, they pull all their people in, and he was the only one that fit this one costume, so he's unseen. But um, 
during the pandemic, they started getting together. And so now uh, every day there's a, um, a, um, a Zoom meeting from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific, but 24 hours a day, um, officehours.global, they have people in there uh, doing things. They run broadcast um, uh, concerts where you've got, you know, the musicians on stage and then someone in Africa is running the lights and someone in Spain is running the, the microphones. And it's just amazing some of the technology. It just blows right over my head. You're right. And I thought I knew a little bit about this camera stuff. Right. <laughs> Talking about fitting the costumes, I had a friend who went on tour with Robert Goulet mm-hmm. many years ago. Out of the 400 women who auditioned to be a backup singer, she fit the costume. Yeah. I mean, she had the voice, obviously, mm-hmm. but, you know, out of that 400, like 300 had a good yeah. voice. She fit the costumes. There she was on tour with Robert Goulet. No. Okay. All right. That's fine with me. Not too much. Uh, uh, alter, 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 not altercation. Alterations. Alterations. Needed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I guess you got to feel kind of good that you got the job and bad that the reason you got the job is just because of your body type. You know, well, isn't that always the case? That's pretty much these days. That's very true. That's very, very true. So, uh, I remember um, uh, at a convention we were talking with an actress, and she said, whenever I go to an audition, there's you know 30 tall blonde women there. And how in the world does the casting director decide? Of the thirty tall blonde women, which one is going to work the best? And there's a million back back when I was an actor. Um, I was uh, there were everybody had an opinion on how you stand out in an audition. And you're right. You go to a cattle call. There's three hundred people in that room who looks like you, who look like you. Mm-hmm. The only way you get the job is if you look more like you than they do. Yeah, and you have talent. It's it's a it's a really and and there's no there's no um, formula, you know. Oh, well, dress differently yeah. or you know, dress like the character. Or right. Every now and then you read a story about someone who dressed like the character and they got it because that's exactly what the director was envisioning. Right. And then you hear other stories. There was one guy who came in and, and was, I was talking to a casting director. He said the guy came in and he was hung over and miserable and angry and pissed up and that's what we needed for the character so we hired well it's just like on um (laughs) the woman that does uh the simpsons yeah she went in for one part Mm -hmm. and they go well we really need you know bert there yeah and she goes well let me try for that and bam she loved her voice people go in for one role and they get another one um, 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 Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, yeah, uh, went to uh, George um, uh, Lucas's um, casting uh, uh, screening right. with his buddy Mark, just as moral support. I've done that on more than yep. more than one job that I got. I was just with somebody. Can you drive me to this? Other? Sure. Yep. And the guy says, well, "Why don't you audition?" Sure. And you're in, and I'm and I'm in. Yeah. I got more jobs that I didn't <laughs> try for. Yep, that I did. Um, it's just it's it's what a world acting is. What a world. Uh, all right. Uh, well, that music tells us uh, the first hour is done. But do not despair, particularly those of you on the line. We will get to you, so please be patient. 
But uh, so stay on the line and we will get to you. If you're not on the line, it's easy to get on the line. Call 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free, 800-790-0415. Because there's a whole nother hour of the longest running computer show in the known universe coming your way. That's right. A whole nother hour of Dave Enright. A whole nother hour of Steve Ray. A whole nother hour of Nick Francesco. A whole nother hour of each of your phone calls right here on Soundbites which is on this station, the great, great member-supported Jazz 90.1. So we will see you in just a few minutes. Take a bio break, get a beverage, come on back, and we will see you on the other side. It's America's longest-running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Grease Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District. Jazz 90.1. Celebrating 50 years on the air in Rochester. Welcome back to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites, on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 800-790-0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And five minutes after the hour, we're hurtling headlong into the second hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That's Soundbites right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. And we have Bernie from Rochester, New York on the line. What's up, Bernie? Well, I have a printer question. Yeah. And let me take my speakerphone off. Thank you. Still there? Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. So I have an HP. Oh, what the heck did I just find? That was us. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) It's me. I'm trying to think of the numbers, right? Once you get older, you don't think things. Yeah. Uh, Model 8610. It was a business level computer or printer that I bought, and it was a wonderful thing. So I went to Walmart and bought a non-HP ink cartridge. Oh, yeah. Gummed up the printhead. Well, if you mail a letter to Hong Kong and they'll route it to King Kong, uh, you might get something. Sure, forget it. So I went to Best Buy. They said, no, we can't really clean the printhead. But one of the uh, members of your group there was saying, somebody cleans printheads. Um, I did. I took an Epson printer apart and cleaned the printhead, and um, it cost more than buying a new printer did. Okay, I I bought a cheapo Canon. I was wondering if it makes any sense to clean the printhead and then have a backup computer. Well, it it's it certainly can hurt to dip the thing in in um, acetone. Acetone? Yeah. No. Rubbing alcohol. Isopropyl alcohol. Isopro- yeah, IPA. And, um, as uh, you know, ninety one, ninety five as high as high as you can get. Right, and just leave it there for a few days and see what happens. Okay, but, but there's certainly no apart, no promise. But the, yeah, the problem apart, is getting it out. out. Yeah, take, take it apart, take the printhead out, soak it. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah, that's pretty uh, much that's pretty much all you can do. And uh, then once you do take it out and get you know get it clean, let it sit for another day just to dry out. At least yeah. a day. Yeah, because you're rehooking up electricity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing that can happen with inkjet printers is that um, under the print head, when when the when the whole carriage homes, um, yeah. there's a sponge that mops up the the ink. Oh, yeah. yeah, and when that gets full, the printer doesn't yeah. work anymore. Or if that dries out, the printer doesn't work anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah, there used to be a, a company in East Rochester that did printer repair, but they're gone now. Yeah, they're long yeah. gone. Okay. It's because so it's printers are so cheap just to buy a new one. So it's a DIY now. It is yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you, if you uh, uh, Google or even just go right to YouTube... Uh, with the uh, the model number of your printer and and clean print head, you'll probably yeah. find a bunch of people doing it. And watch Show a few, you step by step. Yeah, watch a few of those before you start. Um, it's yeah. real easy getting printers apart. Uh, it's a lot harder putting them back together. <laughs> I knew you were going to say. I just knew you were going to say. <laughs> and, oh, I, yeah. and I see it a lot, especially with HP. I've got an HP at home. I'm, I've got to take apart to clear a jam deep inside. Most of their covers are clip on. And so you have to know exactly where the clips are. You undo a couple of screws, and then there's clips all along the edge. You oh, have to pry it. just right. Or you break them. Or you break them, yeah. yeah. So if you rip the cover off, it'll never go back on again. Right. <laughs> but it came off. But it came off, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I praise you guys. This is a wonderful show. The, the information you impart to people, uh, it, it's not life-saving, but it's it's uh, stress-saving. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good way to put it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right. Have fun. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's us. We're stress-saving. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, this is... Here's another Microsoft uh, uh, coming along with uh, Linux. Microsoft is already testing... Windows 11 24H2, this fall's big new Windows release. The company has already demonstrated a few new features like 80 gigabit per second USB 4 support and sudo for Windows, uh, which is uh, um, how you can do root stuff, administrative stuff without... it. It's an administrator for a single command. So instead of going into admin and, and admin window... And then forgetting you're in it and doing stuff that's dangerous, mm. you use sudo, super user do, S U D O, and say sudo this thing. It says, what's your password? Type it in, it does that thing, and then you're no longer in administrative mode. So it's much harder to screw to things, things up. up. To mess things up. Right. The new version could also give a significant refresh to the Windows installer for the first time since the Windows Vista days. That's right. <laughs> We've had uh, the same installer since Windows Vista. But there's one big update you might not notice at all. Late last week, Microsoft released servicing updates with no new features to Windows Insiders in the Devon Canary channels. The updates were designed to test Microsoft's servicing pipeline for Windows 11, whatever that means. It's pretty common for insiders to get these kinds of updates that exist only to test the update process. But the twist here is that PCs with virtualization-based security, or VBS, enabled could apply the update without rebooting apparently and this this is a 
This is the uh, the holy grail for Windows users. Apparently, this isn't a fluke. Microsoft reportedly intends to use a Windows service feature called hot patching to deliver more Windows 11 security updates without requiring a reboot. Making this is so revolutionary. Windows has only been doing it for 30 years. Uh, making Linux. it easier to see, what Linux has been doing it. That's what I said. You said Windows. Windows. No, I said Lin- no. Meant Linux. <laughs> making it easier to stay up to date without disrupting whatever you're doing. You'll still need to reboot every few months. That's a quote. Every few months. Microsoft documentation says a reboot is needed roughly once every three months, although it can happen more often than that for unanticipated zero-day patches and other things that can't be fixed via hot patching. The ARM versions of Windows 11 also won't get the feature for another year or so, according to according to Windows. Uh, still, that's a big drop in the number of mandatory reboots you'll experience, letting you avoid both disruption to your routine as you wait for updates to apply and the annoyance of sitting down at your PC in the morning only to discover that all of your apps closed overnight. Uh, currently, hot patching is mainly a feature for virtual machines. Microsoft says it works by patching the in-memory code of running processes without the need to restart the process and without touching any of your running applications. Even though your Windows PC is running on physical hardware, having VBS enabled still isolates the OS from the rest of the hardware in a similar way, ensuring that hot patching can still work. Any Windows 11 PC that meets the operating system's install requirements should automatically have VBS enabled. You can check in the system information app or by opening Windows security, device security, core isolation, and check whether the memory integrity toggle is on. Most of the time, there's no downside to leaving this feature enabled, although testing has shown that it can have a minor impact on gaming performance. The drop is usually in the low to mid single digits range, depending on the game and settings, though this is enough that the conventional wisdom among gamers usually says to turn BVS off. If you disable VBS, you'll still get all of Microsoft security updates. You'll just have to keep rebooting at least once a month to install them. And we Linux people, who sometimes go months or years without a reboot, say, welcome to the 21st century. 20th. (laughs) Yeah, right. Welcome to the 20th century. Sad to see constant rebooting going away. Give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free, 800-790-0415. Many years ago, uh, we had um, uh, only one Linux server that this one guy was was managing for me, and he was proud to have not to have had however many days, three hundred and some odd days, yeah. uh, without uh, or maybe it was nine hundred and some odd days without a reboot. And suddenly, some counter turned over, mm-hmm. and and it it was back to zero again. He was really angry. Yep. He said, I might as well uh, reboot it, see what happens. It rebooted, and, and there wasn't much difference because none of none of the updates had required a reboot. But uh, he was just really angry that there yeah. was a, it was a low counter at the time. I was having trouble backing up a customer's computer because, of course, the 20 times we've told him to back up, he never did. Right. Um, and it's also partly the way the new Apple Silicon works. All of our tricks for... Backing up a computer that won't boot don't work anymore. Right. So now we have to go into a network share mode. Oh. And so it turns the computer into a network server. You know how hard it is to back up a network volume? Yes, I do. Yes. In a book. Yeah. So I kept getting permission errors. Yeah. Because I'm not on his computer. So usually on the Mac, when, when you need permission, it pops up and asks you for your password. So after getting so many permission errors, ah, screw it. I'll log in as root. I still got permission errors. Yeah. 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 I said, I'm root. I should not. Right. There should be nobody more important than me. Yeah. 
if I say do it, do yeah. it. So, so much of the security involved. You can't boot into single-user mode anymore like you used to be able right. to to do things. You can't boot an external disk right? because that's a security precaution. If the internal boot volume is working, you can go in and tell it, allow external disks, but you have to do that ahead of time. Right. So it's so all of these tricks that we've learned over the years have are now changing with the Apple Silicon and it's it's very frustrating. Well, and it's all, you know, it's all security and yeah. that's what it's for and yep. that's a good thing. Keeps the bad guys out, but it keeps us good guys out too. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's I just had a friend of mine uh I looked at his uh laptop because he kept getting this error. It was a Dell laptop and it was getting a I think it was TPM error every time he turned it on. It's a security right. within the motherboard. And I did some research and all that because he says, yeah, this keeps popping up. And he had it into the geek squad and they, you know, supposedly and got it back and it's still doing this. And they had BitLocker on it and all that. Well, I went and looked at this uh, issue that he was having. And it turns out the motherboard has to be replaced on the laptop. I go, and how old is this machine, Bruce? And he goes, eh, it's about two years old, going on three. I, I says, okay. I had, because it was so hammered, yeah. I had to spend at least three hours getting around trying to reinstall Windows. Even though I was in administrative mode. Yep. It kept balking at me and everything else, and it wanted this and that. and Oh, hell, and I finally just took the drive out, wiped it. We can't do that anymore because it's an SOC. Right, yeah. <laughs> and this one I was able to and uh, got it back up and running, but he still gets an error. So I says, it's working. There's just a workaround. you got to hit this, and then it'll go into Windows. Well, can you go into the BIOS and turn off the TPM? Yeah. Nope, it's not there. Once it's damaged, oh. right? It's on the motherboard. Right. It disappears from the BIOS because I kept. That's what I spent over a good hour just looking because I kept reading things that says, "Oh, it should be here, here, here." Uh, okay, there and are, I kept, no, that's tire pressure monitor. There are right. third-party TPM chips you can get, right? Maybe TPM, by the way, is Trusted Platform Module, and it's a hardware-based security measure. Yeah, uh, that that Windows uses to authenticate your PC. That's often when you go to reinstall some piece of hardware. It says you're not authorized here. That's TPM. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe if you buy a, um, a TPM module, you can plug that in. Well, to tell it's, the BIOS it's working. It it's one. working now. Just, yeah. I mean, he just it when comes up to that yep. screen. We just say yeah, continue, and it goes right into the Windows yeah. now. So yeah, don't turn back, it off. We're back to don't turn it off. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, but TPM f errors can result in people not being able to access, for example, Microsoft Office. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's more than just can you boot. Yeah. It 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 hits a lot of Microsoft's own. Programs. Luckily, he was just using this to look up stuff uh, on cars. Yeah. So it it airs on the side of caution for Microsoft. Mm -hmm. You're a thief and you've stolen everything. Right. Yep. Right, and we're going to stop you because we're Microsoft. Yep. yep. We know better. Exactly right. So, um, y you have to you have to be aware that that because and it's you know people ruin everything because there are people out there trying to scam you and get into your machine and do all of that stuff. 
um, the, the, and because we honestly, as, as people, are just too gullible. We, we accept these scams. I got one this morning. What, what was it for? It was for some, something I don't have. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're overdrawn on your something account. I forget which one it was, uh, which I don't have that account. But if I did, no. you know, w- would I have been smart enough to say, how about I just log into the service, not through this email, yeah, never, but through the link I've already put in a bookmark mm-hmm. and see what they say. Yeah. And, when they, and when it doesn't say anything that I owe them anything, I don't owe them anything. Well, it's just like I was telling you how... You know, for the biggest while, and I think a lot of folks were getting it, they'd get these prank calls, you know, that it would say this area code, and you'd look at the number. I don't know that number, so you'd just skip it. Well, now they try to put in fake names, and they're still a scammer. So, you know, uh, like, uh, what was it, just a couple days ago, I got six in a row. Yep. Six within just a few hours, and it's like, Really? Yeah. Well, you know, congratulations, because what happens is when you block those and you report them to micro to Google mm-hmm. on your phone, on your Pixel phone, um, they gather up all of those and then block the number. So you were early in the in the process. So you got them. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. And by the way, as long as we're talking about this stuff, how about you back up today? Seriously. Um, you know, it's a pain in the patoot to back up. I get it. You've got so many more important things to do. I get it. But you know what? When you bring your machine into Steve yep. and he says, bring us a backup and we can fix this in half an hour. Yep. And you say, uh, I've got one up. right now. His two terabyte drive died and his backup is six months old. Yep. And he was he was meaning to get around to backing it up because it felt like something was going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, the, you were right. You were right. <laughs> something went wrong. I'd, the only thing I disagree with you on that, there's two things you should be doing. Yeah. One, you should be doing the backups. Always. At least three. Yep. The other thing is working on your password manager. Oh, yeah. Nothing worse than, you know, going to set somebody's uh, computer back up and say, okay, what's your Gmail uh, uh, password? I don't know. Do I have one? Or I don't have one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have one. Yes, you do. It's the only way you can. Well, I don't remember. Can't you get it back? No. Especially Google, Google, Google's especially, and Apple, getting locked out of your Apple ID. If you it's don't, impossible. Yeah, if you don't have the, enough recovery information, your, your another email address, your phone number, the, the, your current phone number. Yeah. So if you if you ever change phone numbers, you got to go into your services and give them that new phone number. We've started seeing them now. Both Apple and Google, uh, every few weeks, are popping up. So you know, is this still your phone number? Because if if you know the 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 phone number. To call for verifications is three phones ago, then you're not getting back in. But, yeah, but that's another critical thing that you folks have to take care of, and it requires spending a little time. But once you get it set up, like Dick and I both use NPASS. Right. And once you take the time to put, I don't care if it's just some fluke website that you've got to sign up for and, you know, and put the information in. Write it down and put it into NPASS, just in case you've got to go back to that site. It's like, oh, yeah, I already got it here. And, you know, I wrote it down, and it makes life a lot easier because 99% of the time when you go to that particular site, it will already say, oh, well, you're at this site. 
Do you want me to use this username and password? You can just click yep, and in you go. Yep. And to get back to backups, um, do them today and follow the three two one backup plan. Three separate backups in two separate places, at least one of which is off-site, preferably in the cloud. And uh, you can read more about that at asknick.com slash backup.php. And you will uh, uh, find lots of backup programs that you can download, many of which are free, uh, and ways to and ways to deal with that. Uh, but I'm telling you, it, backup today, even if you've already got backups, Back up. Make sure they're working. Make sure you're you're doing okay, and that everything is working correctly. You need to back up. You need to back up now, and you need to make sure that your backups are clean and working. It's not a backup if you haven't verified it, and the best way to verify it is to bring back one program. So what you do is you you write a program that says, "I wrote this on March second, twenty twenty four," and then it's a little text file. And you back up your system. And you say, go bring me back that text file. And you read it. Did you read it? It's fine. You're good. You couldn't find it. You couldn't read it. You didn't get a backup. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Christine from Brockport, New York. Hi, Christine. What's up? Yes, hi, guys. Uh, two things. I had to laugh about your what you were just talking about with um, having your passwords for, like, uh, Google and um, sure. Yeah, and not being able to recover them. So I I do have a Facebook account, but I rarely use it. And it just so happens that one time I was trying to get in, and and oh, and it's like someone's trying to get in. I'm like, what's going on? Long story short, I ended up making friends with the guy who got my cell phone number <laughs> because I had changed cell phone numbers. So now. Whenever he gets something for me, he texts it to me. Nice. <laughs> it's so funny. It's nice. like, you know, yeah. So that that's really nice when that can happen, but I, I know you can't count on that. Right. But um, the other thing is a question about the backups. I have Dropbox, and I know that they just have um, the Dropbox, like, backup. And... And then there's like the regular file sharing Dropbox. Can you help me to understand the, how I should be using either of them? Does that make sense? Right. Dropbox as a sharing thing really is right. temporary. So you upload a file to it, the other person downloads it, and you can erase it. Right. That's what it's for. Dropbox backup is designed to be more permanent. And that's essentially uh, your in-the-cloud bunch of your files. So you would put them there, and then you could leave them there for 20 years. So that's, that's really the difference. Dropbox, the regular Dropbox that everybody thinks of, is ephemeral. It's, it's temporary. It's designed to... Move a file well, from one person to another right. via the web. And it stays there until you delete it. Well, it stays there until you delete it, but you should delete it because it's not really for storage. Yeah. And Dropbox okay. Backup is indeed for storage. And I'm trying to see one of the, one of the, one of the other things you want from a backup service is um, a backup history. 
So say you know you deleted a file a month ago and now you find you needed it back. You want to be able to go back in that file history and find it. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm trying I'm trying to see here on Dropbox page and how far that history goes back. So right. Just, it's sometimes they call it versioning. Yeah. You get um, you, you get multiple versions of a program. There are better services to use as a backup, uh, including uh, Carbonite, CrashPlan, Backblaze, PCloud. PCloud. They are specifically for backups, and they keep the old file when you get a new backup. So you can go back in time and find what your your files looked like, uh, you know, last month, last year, when uh, when you need to get something old back. Yeah, so so part of my dilemma is I have been using the regular backup as a permanent backup, but um, before they had the backup, right? Right. And then and then we have the family um, room, which allows there to be items that are shared between. Mm-hmm. Right. My husband, my son, and myself, and with him, you know, in the college search and everything, yep. that makes it really handy for us to put things in there, you know, that each of us can access. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and that only has a 30 day uh, version history. So I, I'm not really worried about the version history on that one, but but it sounds like what you're saying is I need to move all my files that I'm not intending on sharing over to the backup. As opposed to the sharing section, yes. Yes, yes, okay. And, you know, either that or I just, like what you're saying is, I I just get rid of the family plan, so then I go down to, like, the free drop, Dropbox sharing and use a different... Yeah, exactly. A different, yeah, okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you. We got to take a break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. It's 29 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That's Soundbites right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that we are member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you in just a couple of minutes. Computer talk you can understand. More sound bites is next on member supported Jazz 90.1. And there's another YouTube strike. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 34 minutes after the hour, we are sound bites. Um, the yeah. seat, though. Uh, yeah, but something happened to the chairs this week. This this seat is this one. If I move around too much, you know, just I'm like sliding for this one too. They're all angled down. down. I don't know yeah. what that's about. I don't know what it's that's like. About. You need to get them in a press and pull back. That's why I was during the break looking for some because some of them you can adjust to have forward or backward tilt. Not this one. My one at home doesn't do it either. I, th- I, think, I don't have it. I have a different chair, but yeah, I think I've wedged ruts in the mat, so it keeps it was falling very possible. back into the rut. It's very possible. <laughs> so Netflix has begun booting longtime subscribers off their Apple iTunes billing plans in some countries, including the U.S. and Canada, 
and will require them to pay Netflix directly using a credit card or debit card instead. Netflix has begun telling customers in, and I quote, some territories, end quote, that their plans will need to be switched over. A Netflix spokesrobot said that the change affects members on the basic plan who are using an iTunes method of payment. Many people not only keep it, kept paying through Apple's payment system, but also kept the original $9.99 per month plan. Uh, alas, if you were one of those people, you'll now have to join the rest of us and either accept a more than $5 price hike for essentially the same plan you've had for years or pay $3 less than you have been and let the ads wash over you. Uh, or you could take the time to reflect on your relationship with streaming services, which seems to get pricier all the time. The change in the end is the end of a long saga. Despite Apple uh, adding in-app subscription options to iPhones in 2010, Netflix didn't add them to its iOS app until 2015 because it opposed Apple's 30% price cut. In late 2018, Netflix decided it didn't want to pay Apple at all, dropping in-app subscriptions entirely, and it never looked back. Uh, and that what that means is that a lot of people who were paying $9.99, 10 bucks a month, were just simply dropped. Now they get direct bills for the much higher rate with no chance to say, no, I want to keep the old rate or anything like mm -hmm. that. So how do you pay for your streaming services? Give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299, toll-free 800-790-0415. Talk about pay increases. That's one thing I noticed just alone today to go to get the donuts. Yeah. If you want to use a credit card... There are yep. restaurants and all over the place are, you know, have it. If you pay for cash, you get a discount versus if you use a credit card, they add, you know, one to two bucks. For the well, what they're doing is one to 2%. Passing, on, yeah. they're the passing on the service charge that the bank charges them. They're passing that on to you. We've, and, been, we've been paying that for years. And when you had a 40 percent margin, that wasn't bad. Now we've got a 5 percent margin. So you're, if you're paying two or three percent to to the credit card process, yeah. just the processor, and then seven percent to the state, and, and it's the three percent on top of the seven percent too. Right, of course. It's frustrating. Remember yeah. back when we couldn't pass it on if the banks yeah. raised they it. They changed. Yep, the rule changed. Yeah, and they, actually there was a new change, probably yesterday, first of the month, that if a if a a store is doing that, um, they now have to. Um, have a sign. So if they have a surcharge for uh, credit cards or a discount for cash, they have to have a sign at the register. Yep, yep. most of them are, are doing it. Like I say, I noticed uh, just getting the donuts today. Yep. They got a sign up there and it says, we prefer that you pay cash. Right. Because yep. otherwise they have to charge you. We've, we've also started taking some of the electronic payments like Venmo and, and Zelle. We used to do PayPal. Um, then PayPal started charging a fee. Yep. And Venmo, if 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 you turn on the Venmo seller uh, or buyer protection feature, right, they charge a fee back to us again. Right, really? Yeah. So when, when, if 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 you do a Venmo transaction with someone, uh, make sure it's private. Yeah, you, know, you don't want it to be public for everyone to see. But if it's someone you know, don't turn on that protection feature. If so, for our earlier caller that had the paypal scam the, something like that you're buying something from somebody you don't know you may want that protection feature you do want that. yeah and if 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 the if the seller demands you turn that off don't buy it from them yeah because that's a big flag that it's a scam mm -hmm. yep but if it's somebody you know 
do them a solid and turn it off. Yeah, they don't want to lose 2% of the 20 bucks you're sending them for pizza last night. Exactly. So if you know them and you know they're reputable, turn it off. Uh, give them a break. And, and, and definitely keep it private. Um, I have for years, uh, um, you know, if my daughter goes and buys something for us, I, mm-hmm. I pay her back via Google Pay. That's going away. Mm-hmm. So I've got to find another way to do that. I can do it through PayPal. I can do it through Venmo. I can do it through a lot of Aren't other they things. Coming out with something, yeah, and they're coming out with something it. else. It's just a different name, but it's the same Maybe. technical service. Yeah, who knows? It's on, under Google Wallet now. But what I don't know is what that's going to cost yeah. in terms of of charge. Yep. And so. and we always joke that in our next life we want to be a credit card processor. Oh, so they're the people making the money. Yeah, I, I take I take money from you, keep some for myself, and pass it on to you. I have no stores. I have no. Overhead. I have no overhead. I make you rent the machine. Yeah. Yep. Or or buy it outright for ridiculous amounts of money, and uh, yeah, okay, sure. Used win, to used win. to used to be all dial up, so you had to have a, a separate phone line for your credit card processor. Now, fortunately, it's over the internet. But right. Yeah, that's it's, and they make a fortune. They make. That's what you want Bucket to be. Loads. Credit card processor. Yeah. All right. Back to the phones. Our next uh, years ago, no. Before we do that, years ago, um, I had a guy who said, I, "You know, um, I want to start a credit card processing company mm-hmm. because they're making the money." I yeah. said, "Sure, that makes sense." He said, "Well, you can help me with that. You can do the web stuff and the back end stuff and blah blah." blah. I said, "Sure." Turns out, you cannot break into that business. Yeah, you cannot. They are they are going to keep you out. Tighten it. Oh yeah, they are keeping you out. They. They own that space, and they don't want any upstarts in there. That's uh, that's very true. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Andy from Greece, New York. What's up, Andy? Hi, guys. Um, this is a follow-up to the call that Larry made earlier. Which um, one? Oh, Larry. Uh, <laughs> the green the, uh, green light and, and losing green, any of his services? Yeah. Leaving Spectrum and all that good stuff. A couple things that he needs to be aware of. Hopefully he's listening. Um when you when you flip over my recommendation based on personal experiences, pay the money and keep Spectrum alive for a month, which helps run the, run with your email address. Yeah, right. well, it helps with the email, but it also lets you go through and scour anything that you might have not converted over to your Gmail address or change the account on or whatever. Uh, it's yes, it, it's it's a little bit of money, but it's worth every penny that you to not lose something that you need and didn't realize was there. Right. And what, what Andy's talking about here is not something in the service, but somebody else you gave that email address to, yeah. and they're going to charge you, say, a monthly fee, and you suddenly get a thing that, that comes to the wrong, to the old address. Say like Easy Pass. If you're signed up for Easy Pass, right. and you know, they only, every so often, you got to wait until... The amount gets down below the limit, and then they recharge your account, and they send you an email. And if you're not doing much traveling, and all of a sudden it comes up, yep. you're not going to see it. Right. Yeah, and the nice folks at Spectrum do not forward mail. Once they turn you off, they turn you off. That's exactly right. And, and uh, so, yeah, Andy is right. The, the thing to do, we've said this for decades, don't use your provider's email service. Get one of the free services like Gmail or Yahoo Mail or something else, uh, because then no matter where you go, no matter what you change, 
you will always be able to keep the same email address. And the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be. That's the truth. And it's mm-hmm. too late now yeah. for the. <laughs> yeah, yeah un- unfortunately for most people, while that's really great advice, that ship already sailed. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's exactly gotta, right. Now you got to deal with the aftermath, and, and just don't pull the plug on Spectrum until you're nope. 99% sure you've got everything. Yep. It's worse than um, physically moving because at least there's only one post office system and you can file a change yeah. of address form. Yeah. Now, uh, continuing with this process, when you take the equipment, you're ready to get, say goodbye to Spectrum, you take the equipment in because they don't come and get it, and you take it to one of their locations, you get a receipt that you turned in the equipment. Later that same night or the next day, call Spectrum and tell them you're stopping service. Now, you would think when you walk in and hand them all your equipment and say, I'm done, yep. that they would turn you off. They don't. They did that to me. Yep. They charged me an extra and month, and I, well, here's my receipt. Make a photocopy of the receipt because it's it's the one I got was thermal, and it fades yep. over time. Yep. Yep. And I called them up, and I said, unfortunately, the bill, I, I took it in and dropped it off, and I knew the bill was due to roll over within less than a week. So I was getting close to my month, but I figured, okay, I can turn it in and it'll be fine. It's all computer driven. Right. Well, the bill shows up and there's the, the charge. So I call and they said, well, yeah, but you've got to pay the month because you did. I said, no, 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 no. I've got a receipt here that says I turned it in on this date. Now I have none of your equipment. So you can't bill me for a month because I can't access your service. And they sat and they looked and said, well, yeah, oh, wait a minute. Let me look. Click, click, click. Oh, yeah, it's right here. You turned it in. At, well, yeah, you can't access anything. Yeah, we'll take care of it. We'll give you a credit. Don't pay anything. And it took them a month to sort it all out in, in the billing cycle. But it was like one hand does not know what the other is doing with that company. That's yeah. absolutely so true. When you, when, you get a, when you get the physical receipt for turning it in, the next day, call it in and make sure you take it in, I don't know, three, four days before the billing cycle's over. And the next day, call them and tell them turn it off. That gives them time to, so you don't get a bill that you don't want. Yep. Good points, Andy. Um, Thank you. Yeah, the he'd said something about removing or uh, well, taking the equipment out, and then the wiring. The green light will not touch any wiring that Spectrum had there. It's, it's up to you to either leave it and let it decay or take it out. Right. Right. Um, when you turn off, when you go to the green light, what you will probably find is that your television set will want you to re-log in to whatever apps you're running. Because now you're on a different, will, different IP. IP address. Yeah. It will, yeah. It will recognize that you're not on the same service or same IP or whatever, and you're just going to have to redo. So whatever you're subscribing to, you're going to have to resubscribe. And some um, log back in. So have your password book handy. Yep. Yeah. And the other yeah, thing and is, phone. the other thing is, in terms of of resubscribing, um, many some services you have to say, oh, uh, this is the. Um, a cable service I'm on when you sign in. Right. That's no longer going to work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. We ran into that, I think, with, with was it History Channel? We were we were going to History Channel online using our Spectrum subscription. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we canceled Spectrum, that History Channel subscription stopped. Stopped. Because it's through the... Yeah. Like, the you, yep. have to re, you have to go back and tell them now who you're going into. If it's, it, Some of the programs do that. Uh, HBO, not yep. known as Max. Uh, it's who you who are you going in through? Well, I had to tell him okay, because uh, at one point it was Spectrum, and then it changed over to YouTube TV. So I had to say no, you got to go to YouTube TV. And as soon as I did, it 
put a code on the screen, go to your phone, do this, that, and it, it was fine. It was painless, uh, nuisance, but painless. Uh, but these are all things that you're going to have to deal with uh, and probably want to deal with before uh, your spouse goes to use the television set and can't get to her favorite channels because the thing is giving her error messages yep. that she doesn't want to tolerate or put up with. Right. And and one of the things that you have to be aware of is that some things like the History Channel aren't on a lot of services. Yeah. So you may not ha ever have it again if it's not... Uh, um, or have to subscribe to it directly. Um, right. But the hist history is one of those, um, well, to us, the annoying ones. I think they still have a contract with Spectrum. So you may not be able to subscribe directly to them like you can to Paramount or you know Apple. Um, and uh, and It's so, in the sling button, though. Is it in sling? Yeah, it's in, yep. U it's in YouTube TV, too. But H2 is not. Right. Um, and so, so we have this argument in my house all the time. Shirley wants to watch the, um, uh, what was it, Skinwalker Ranch, a paranormal thing out west, and, and she can't watch this, the uh, current shows on the History app. Um, can only watch the old shows. So the, and that, that all goes back to contracts that the uh, cable channels had with the cable companies because there was no option. Right. And so, you know, five years ago, they made a 10-year contract. 10-year exclusive contract. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Because there's, you know, there's no company. Yeah. What else are we going to do? Right. Who cares? Yeah. Right. All right. Good points, Andy. Thank you. Yep. Well, I, I just having been through this the hard way, I figured I'd share what I'd learned. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks. Very good. Um, yeah, it's it, changing is not easy. Um, changing is also annoying. Mm -hmm. Not just it's not a, no, it's not only hard. It's annoying. Um, you have for to get example, used to the new remote. You have to get used to a new remote, and you have to do, and yeah. you have to make decisions. Yeah, you know, um, I I said to my beloved bride, "How much real TV do you watch?" You know, how much mm -hmm. cable do you actually watch? Yeah. Well, I watch the this every morning. Well, we can get that channel. We can yep. get that somewhere else. Well, it's easy to get it here. Yeah, okay. All right. It so, will be easy to get it there once you learn there. Right, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, yeah. It's the old it's the old buying a new car argument. Yep. You you know, you may not know where the radio is, but you still know how to drive. You'll find the radio and then about a two weeks in they you won't even remember you didn't yep. know how. Um, it's just, it, there's nothing wrong with cable. Don't get me wrong. Cable serves a, a purpose and, and is a good service, but many people don't use it to its fullest extent. So why pay for a service that you're not really utilizing? And I understand that. Well, like Larry was saying, he's paying over 200 bucks and, you know, and if he just wants the internet and some, uh, cable shows. You know, Sling is probably the way to go, and he saves uh, probably half that money. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and the way to do it is is uh, what somebody else said, which is get both of them simultaneously and, and do your homework. You know, spend a spend a well, month doing both, and then you know, okay, I still had to go back for this. So what can I get that on? You know, so it it becomes a it becomes a process. And a lot of people don't want to have to go through the process. No. And there's a website, suppose.tv. Yep. Uh, I just popped to the top of the list. 
Nice feature. Thank you. Thank you. You're um, welcome. So you go to Suppose.tv, you put in the networks you want to watch, and it finds all the different packages for you and gives you a price comparison. Yeah. And so um, you can fairly easily, fairly easily uh, find what you want uh, in the package you want, and then you can decide whether that's useful to you. And again, uh, don't pay attention to the hype that says, well, you're going to pay this much for cable and this much for HBO and this much for Netflix and this much because you're already paying for Netflix and Amazon Prime and and all those others so really the only number you have to look at is the price of say sling versus the price of spectrum and if it saves you a hundred bucks a month that's a win so you, you, it, it's important to pay attention. It's important to do your homework. And that, is, that remains the hard part, and I get that. I mm-hmm. truly do. One of the trickiest things is if you like live sports, there aren't that many packages that have the live sports. Right. Um, but most of the services, Sling has their sports bundle where you can add on sports. Uh, and we're starting to see um, uh, uh, Paramount Plus streamed the Super Bowl. Yeah. Why? Because they can. They mm-hmm. they bid they bid the highest. They bid the highest, and yep. they got it. And I I found out after the fact, but I I would have loved to have watched the was it the SpongeBob commentary? Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, they had it. So they had the real football commentators, and then they had like the SpongeBob commentary. And nice. <laughs> making, nice. Making fun of all the players. Yep. Yep. <laughs> See, that's that's the fun stuff. That's. That's a that's a good synergy kind of thing. Yeah. Right? We saw a commercial the other day that had um uh What's his name? John Luke Picard. Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, yeah. Uh Patrick Stewart and the football player and some cartoon character and yep. the singer and and Elaine said is that is that artificial intelligence stuff is it faked? So no, those people all are on that same service. Paramount. At Paramount, and, yeah. and so they called them all together and paid them and made a commercial with them. Fine. <laughs> you can do that. Um, and it's that kind of synergy that works. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was uh, Nickelodeon. So apparently they had several different Nickelodeon characters. I remember uh, during the season, uh, a couple of the streaming games had the Dude Perfect people, where they're, they're, they're a YouTube channel that do weird things. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Um, and uh, and they launched rockets, which is how I got got onto them. And they had a little contest among all themselves. And the guy that that launched the highest rocket got to fly on uh, Blue Origin. Nice jerk. Yeah, especially since my altitude record was higher than his. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've got twenty seven hundred feet. Nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I've been I've been watching some YouTube channels lately about um, making your own rocket engines. Yep. Um, so you pretty interesting. You should write down in your list LDRS, large dangerous rocket ships. Yes, LDRS this year is in Potter, New York, out in Penyan. Oh, no kidding, Penyan area. Yep. Um, that so and so so LDRS is part of the Tripoli Prefecture. Um, um, and they allow for research rocket motors. The other national service, the uh, National Association of Rocketry, they don't allow research motors. When, um, when is it? 
Um, that's, I'm bringing it up to you. It's in um, um, June, June 6th through 9th. And this is LDRS 42. So it's, that's a nice, nice number there, too. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's large, dangerous rocket ships. So they'll be the regular SDs, little A's, B's, C's, and D's. Uh, but they'll have guys, uh, that are going to be flowing J, K, L, M. Yeah. And I think we can go to O. Yeah. Last, the, the, one of the last years it was at Potter, they, uh, a guy drove a snowmobile out to the launch pad, launched it on an O. But his parachute failed to deploy in time, and it crashed. So that was the odd rocket competition. Oh, yeah. And so his his intent was to land the snowmobile and drive it back to his tent. And you may think a rocket motor lifting a, a real snowmobile? Yeah. Yes. An O-sized rocket motor will launch a full-sized snowmobile. That's why these are large dangerous rocket ships he needed at least two o's yeah he needed, he needed more to go to high enough yeah. do it. but it wasn't he didn't need two to launch it he needed two to go high enough yeah 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 so uh yeah you these are pretty amazing engines you know we're, we're, those of us who are it's used a, to it's ammonium perchlorate it's the same stuff that real uh booster engines use yes, shuttle exactly. uses it uh um uh, artemis uses it Yep. Yeah, and you know those of us who have who have flown rockets generally are A's, B's, C's. Maybe we get into D's. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we'll, we'll at a show we might see an E, but these guys are up to O's. Yeah. You know, and it's it's uh, some pretty amazing stuff. Um, and uh, and I I I don't fly them anymore, but I used to I used to be a rocket enthusiast and. Uh, they sure were a lot of fun. I will admit that entirely. The other launch site is at um, uh, the Geneseo Airport at the National Warplane Museum. Right. That's the other that's the club I belong to. Right. Uh, oddly enough, they're both about an hour away for me. <laughs> one of them is straight down 390, and the other one is through all the little twists and turns going past Canandaigua. <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Um, uh, if you're at all interested in rocket ships, uh, you can you can check out the LDRS. It's nearby, uh, nearby uh, those of us in, in the Western New York area. Anyway, all right, that's it. We are done for another week. I want to thank everyone who called in. Great, great questions this week. I want to thank everyone who called in. I want to thank everybody who listened. I want to thank Dave Enright. I want to thank Steve Ray. I'm Nick Francesco. You've been listening to two solid hours of the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That would be Sound Bites. You can uh, you can uh, take a look at the stuff we talked about today at our website at soundbites.org. Bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you. And you know what? This afternoon would be a really good time for you to back up. Don't put it off any longer. Be smart and back up. And we will see you in just 166 hours. Be good to one another, will you? And enjoy this beautiful weather in western New York.